Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
JM in the AM Friday morning broadcast here at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jamtheam.org, plus, of course, the NSN app, which gives you the opportunity to hear us loudly and clearly. I want to thank those who spent a lot of time yesterday commenting on the NSN app. I think we had like 20-some comments during the live lunch yesterday and it just continued throughout the entire day so thank you thank you thank you great to converse with everybody through the app and to hear your comments suggestions questions uh, requests etc etc friday morning on this october the 16th the third day in the month of mara the year 5776 tafshanai and vav you heard ohad with sameach Aaron Razel and Nachamu, Tzormi Shalom, that's Schlockrock from a Shabbat in Liverpool. Meheira, David Lowy and A.B. Rottenberg together. Simcha Liner with Kanfei Nesharim off of SL2. And of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha's Noach with candle lighting time at 5.55 on this Erev Shabbos. 5.55 in this area. 50, hey, how do you like that? 55 degrees outside with 72% humidity, Windsor West. At 8 miles per hour, partly cloudy with a high of 67. Then tonight, clear skies, low 47. Mostly sunny for tomorrow with a high temperature, Shabbos, 57 degrees. Pretty chilly over Shabbos. 86 right now in Yerushalayim, not chilly there. We've got, uh, what do we have here? 55 here in Jersey City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM. And I have Yoshi Fruchter's uh, Noah's song ready to roll on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Noah. Try to do a bunch of Noah selections over the next few minutes here at JM and the AM. Uh, well, the news from Israel um, is uh, unfortunately more of the same. Um, no stories this morning about uh, stabbings, uh, thank God, of any of our brothers and sisters in Israel, but there are uh, pipe bombs that are being found by intelligence sources and police, and other terrorist attacks are being quelled. Let's hope that, in fact, if the enemy is planning anything, they are quelled in time. Uh, we'll speak with Malcolm Honline. He'll uh, join us. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He speaks with us 7.40 in the morning this morning. Rabbi Yudin will join us with Parshas Noach. A whole bunch of great material all the way until 9 o'clock. Naomi Nachman at 9 with a brand new um, Table for Two program. She has a great show today, as usual. Uh, our presentation of an incredible Arab Shabbos music mix presented by Kedem happens from 10 a.m. until candle lighting time, and it is an, a unique and amazing opportunity to just keep our app and our uh, stream rolling all through the day. Best way to prepare for an era of Shabbos, or I should say best way to prepare for Shabbos. Uh, great programming tomorrow night, as you know. Uh, Sunday morning, Matis has already announced a great guest for Sunday. Matis is on an amazing roll <laughs> when it comes to uh, when it comes to guests. And um, this coming Sunday, the topic will be the Temple Mount. JM Sunday starts at the 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the stream at uh, jmtheam.org and on the NSN app. 7 a.m. Eastern Time for a Sunday morning. In fact, yesterday I was visiting my friends at the Fabiwood. A big shout-out in Jersey City to Fabiwood. A fabulous uh, factory, warehouse, um, office building, place of business that has a, um, well, I don't know, is it public information or not? I guess it is at this point. A, a wonderful uh, minion for Shachris, just at the right time. <laughs> and I hope it stays that way. Um, 
Why did I bring that up? Oh, yes, because uh, everybody was, not everybody, but somebody came over to me yesterday and said, oh, you don't work Sunday. You leave that up to Matis. That's correct. Matis has the responsibility for JM Sunday, and he's done it very well. Herschel, Harry, Moskov, noted author and temple treasures expert, will discuss the historical claim to the Temple Mount this coming Sunday, JM Sunday with Matis. Tune in between 7 and 9 on our stream at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. I want to thank those who have uh, commented on the uh, conversation yesterday with uh, Rabbi Sachs. It was a um, it was an amazing time for me uh, to speak with him and to have the opportunity to ask him the questions that I did about his brand new book, Not in God's Name. And we're highly recommending the book, obviously. It is a, uh, it's an amazing work with so many incredible sources and such an amazing look at history and, of course, at present times as well. Confronting um, Religious Violence is the subtitle of the book, and boy, could not have come out at a more timely time, that's for sure. So if you missed it, head to the archive section, jmm.org, check out the archives on the NSN app, listen to it at your leisure, at your pleasure. And again, I thank everybody who's been commenting. Candle lighting 555 on this era of Shabbos Parshas Noach. More coming up if you keep it here at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Around the world on the web at jmtheam.org.
Because I believed and saw through morality But why this way? Why this way? You spared for me my family And wildlife lives happily But why this way?
ago, the Bible tells a tale. The world was full of evil men, so Noah had to set sail. He heard a voice in his sleep one night. The Lord called Noah, get out of sight. There's gonna be a lot of rain. I want to start again. Shepherd's Shem and Ham. The Lord said, Noah, one more thing. Here's the creatures you shall bring. Go gather two of every kind, and all the others shall stay behind. Seven pairs of flying birds and kosher things. He rounded all the creatures up and led them into the boat. The people snickered and they laughed on land, it's not gonna float. But no warned you'll change your safe inside. Forty days had passed at last and none too fast. They landed on a mountaintop and called it our rock peak. He said the novel soon return, an olive branch in its peak. The olive branch meant there would be a place for no good park. The stormy voyage had
with Simcha Liner. Yumi Lowy before that, our Entitlebound production called a Shalshelas Medley, which you can find on YouTube. Safam had Noah and the Ark off of Dreams of Safam. Aaron Razel, Tzemin Hateva. Words from uh, this week's Parsha. Can't believe it's Parsha's Noah already. My Ufruf was Parsha's Noah. Wow. Goes back a few years. Aaron Razel, I told you, with Semin Ateva. Noah's song done by Yoshi Fruchter. I love his stuff off of the CD entitled by, uh, Beyond the Book. And uh, Sameach, that was Ohad off of Segula here at JMNAM. A couple of minutes before 7 o'clock. Big weekend for us here at JMNAM.org and the NSN app. Don't forget, we have Naomi Nachman coming up at table for two, starting at 9 a.m. right after JM in the AM. That'll happen on JMNAM.org and, of course, on the NSN app. All day long, Kedem presentation of the incredible Erev Shabbos music mix. I don't know how anybody can go into Shabbos without it. I just don't know. So make sure you have that on until 5.55 Eastern Time. Uh, Matis has an amazing discussion coming up on Sunday. JM Sunday is going to concentrate on the Temple Mount. And um, in, in, in this case, um, that means that Matis is going to be speaking on Sunday morning. Oh, I thought I had it here. Hang on a second. Matis is going to be speaking on Sunday morning with a temple treasures expert and author, Herschel Harry Moskoff. He'll discuss the historical claim to the Temple Mount, which has become a major issue yet again. It's been a major issue in Jewish history. Oh, yes. But it's become a major issue yet again. Hey, congratulations to all the Met fans. I was uh, prepared this morning to make my annual Shimon Lefkowitz announcement <laughs> about the postponement indefinitely of the big Mets kiddish, but uh, can't do it today. Got to give them credit. Found out this morning when I woke up that the Mets, in fact, were on the West Coast and won the series. So good luck to them as they move on, and we'll postpone our, <laughs> our fun and games <laughs> when it comes to the fun and games. Um, we'll see what happens. See what happens. As a Yankee fan, I have to remain silent, that's for sure. We've been silenced. We don't have a kiddish this year, that's for sure. Mayanot Yeshiva High School invites you this Sunday at 9 a.m. 
to their big open house uh, in Teaneck, New Jersey. My note for uh, young ladies out there and their parents is coming Sunday starting at 9 a.m. I just found that on the, and among other places, on the uh, Mayanote Yeshiva High School uh, uh, Facebook page. So they're inviting everybody to the open house. And the good luck to all the youngsters out there who are choosing uh, high schools for next year. Not an easy, and their parents, of course, who are choosing with them the high schools for next year. Not an easy decision. Never is. Well, I don't know. In some cases, I guess it is. But, you know. Partly cloudy, high of 67. We're at 55 degrees outside on this area of Shabbos Parshas Noach. Candle lighting, ironically, at 555. Could you imagine? We are getting earlier and earlier. In a couple of weeks, it's really going to be early. Um, those of you out there who are, uh, who are always, um, in the midst of the Friday Erev Shabbos hustle and bustle, it will just get more hustle and more bustle in the next few weeks. So we're trying to, we're trying to talk everybody into a, uh, we're trying to talk everybody, um, you know, slowly and calmly into that period of time for the year. So it doesn't, it doesn't hit like a ton of bricks. So earlier and earlier. Shorter and shorter Fridays. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Galit Sal coming up. We'll do our news from Israel at the top of the hour and then plenty more on this Friday morning. Malcolm Holmline will join us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us for the weekly update coming up and plenty more, of course. Keep it here at JMNAM for that. Rabbi Yudin is going to be addressing the uh, Parsha of Noah. That officially 8.15. I have a feeling it'll be a drop later this morning. He'll speak about Parshas Noach coming up, and I remind you, he has an amazing book. Rabbi Benjamin Yudin on the Parsha. It's the perfect time of year to get it and to enjoy it each Friday night in Shabbos in your home. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גליצהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קר ממנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. פיגוע דקירה באזור חברון, חייל נפצע בינוני, המחבל נוטרל. כתבנו עם בל תמיר. פלסטיני תקף חייל ודקר אותו בסכין סמוך לחלחול בגזרת חברון. החייל נפצע באורח בינוני, מתקרה בפלג גופו העליון, צוותי מגן דוד אדום העניקו לו טיפול ראשוני בשטח. ומפונים אותו כעת לבית החולים שערי צדק בבירה. הדוקר נורא וחוסל במקום. כעת נבדקת גם האפשרות לפיה התחזה לעיתונאי. עד כאן. סמוך לגבול הרצועה, הפלסטינים פתחו באש אל עבר דחפור D9 צהלי. איש לא נפגע ולא נגרם נזק. כך דיווח כתבנו טל אברהם. פלסטיני בן 13 נעצר באזור, העתיקה, באזור העיר העתיקה בירושלים כשהוא נושא סכין. כתבנו רום ליאור. הילד בן ה-13 וחצי עורר את חשדם של כוחות המשטרה הרבים שפרוסים באזור העיר העתיקה ושער שכם. אחד השוטרים ערך עליו חיפוש במקום צדדי ובמהלכו נתפסה הסכין. בתוך כך, לפני זמן קצר הסתיימו תפילות יום השישי בהר הבית ללא אירועים חריגים. בשעה זו מתפזרים המתפללים מהמקום. זמן קצר לפני כן סוכל פיגוע בבירה. כלב משטרה איתר מטען צינור סמוך לשכונת עיסאוויה במזרח העיר. ירון וילנסקי שוחח עם סגן ניצב טל שקמה, ראש מדור מפעילי בעלי חיים במשטרה. הכלב כל הזמן מואמן לבצע בעצם את מה שאליו אומן והיצר שלו להריח. הכלב סימן לו שבנקודה מסוימת כנראה שיש שם משהו חשוד. הכלבן הכווין אותו לכיוון שאליו הוא בעצם סימן. 
ושם התגלה מטען צינור, מטען שיכל לגרום לנפגעים ואף להרג. יושב ראש הרשות הפלסטינית אבו מאזן גינה את הצתת מתחם קבר יוסף בשכם הלילה. כתבנו תאו וייס. סוכנות הידיעות הצרפתית AFP מדווחת שיושב ראש הרשות מחמוד עבאס גינה את הצתת קבר יוסף. במהלך הלילה התפרעו עשרות פלסטינים במתחם הקבר בשכם וגרמו לנזקים כבדים במקום. ראש המועצה האזורית שומרון יוסי דגן טען בגל"צ הרשות גיבתה את המעשים. מדובר בפורעים שבוודאות היו בגיבוי של הרשות הפלסטינית. דבר כזה לא יכול לקרות בלי העידוד שלהם, או לפחות הסכמתם. מדובר בנזק מאוד מאוד כבד, ברבריות איומה, ותביעתנו איננה כלפי הרשות הפלסטינית. התביעה שלנו היא כלפי ממשלת ישראל. אין שום סיבה שהיום צה"ל לא יחזור, יתפוס את השליטה בקבר יוסף, לתת לרשות הפלסטינית לשמור על מקום כמו קבר יוסף, ולתת לחתול לשמור על השמנת. נשיא המדינה ריבלין הגיב על ההצתה וכתב, הפגיעה במקומות הקדושים ליהודים היא פשע שנאה המהווה הפרה של החוק הבינלאומי. מדינת ישראל לא יכולה להשלים עם תופעות כאלה. לשון תגובת נשיא המדינה. מטוס ללא טייס הופל לפני זמן קצר מעל שמי טורקיה. הצבא הטורקי הפיל כלי טיס לא מזוהה לאחר שניתנו לו שלוש התראות. בשבועות האחרונים נרשמו מספר מקרים בהם חדרו כלי טיס רוסיים לשמי טורקיה. אצלנו, התחזית לסוף השבוע, ללא שינוי, לקראת תחילת השבוע הבא, התקררות. אלה החדשות שעורך יותם ברגר בצוות עמית נגדי ואלדר נוי.
It's AM in the AM. Oh, yes. That's Yitzi Spinner and Sewer. Yitzhak Fuchs before that with Shabbat Tot. I wonder if the people with the Shabbos Project have heard that song. That's a perfect song for the Shabbos Project. Off of the CD Miyad Nigalim here at JM in the AM. Uh, 13 minutes after the hour. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for making us part of your day every single day, especially Friday as we get ready for Shabbos and everybody out there starts to gather together and have this communal experience that we call a JM and the AM Friday. It's much appreciated. 55 degrees, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Noah. I want to thank Mark Zamek. He hosted a stunt show, as we call it, yesterday at 1 p.m., live from our studios in Manhattan. And for me, it was a real trip down memory lane as he brought in some of us uh, old general managers of the old, glorious WYUR up at Yeshiva University. It was just a fantastic... Uh... And Phil Slepian was one of the guests who was general manager in the early 80s. And he revealed a whole bunch of stuff about a about a real transformation that took place under his watch that created the golden era of WYUR. So it was amazing to me that I learned all that I did yesterday, all these years later. So a big thank you to him and all of our special guests who were part of it. Candle lighting 555, partly cloudy. I shouldn't even, not my guests, they're Mark Zamek's guests, but... I couldn't help but get more and more involved as the show went on. Partly cloudy with a high of 67. Looks like a high of 57 for tomorrow, so a chilly Shabbos. Right now, you're lying where it's not chilly, 86 degrees. We're at 55 here in Jersey City. Just spoke to Yishai Fleischer, who hopefully will join us next week, the noted uh, journalist and radio announcer and um, somebody who uh, – he asked me how I'm doing. I said, well, I'm doing fine, and knowing you, you're doing fine, because nothing ever seems to shake him. And uh, sure enough, he was the reason he couldn't join us this morning. I'd like to check in every day during these types of situations, at least once a day, with somebody who's in Israel uh, on the air. He couldn't join. He, he was willing to join us here for a couple of minutes, but it sounded like he was just having too fun of a time with his kids, and I felt guilty. So I told him we'll do it early next week, please God. He he was basically barbecuing in a Jerusalem forest on an erev Shabbos, and um, I was not going to interrupt that. Uh, but he, of course, he, he used the word defiance, that people are walking through the old city and Rehov Yafo and areas of Jerusalem, uh, just like he did last night, with a feeling of defiance and great pride and courage. And uh, that is, in fact, the case. We have a report from Hebron. This comes from the Jerusalem Post. An IDF soldier has been stabbed by a Palestinian knife attacker in Kiryat Arba near Hebron. Initial reports from the scene indicate the attacker was wearing a yellow press vest, implying he was a journalist. Another soldier at the scene fired and neutralized him. Emergency workers provided initial medical treatment at the premises. The attack came as Hamas called for a day of rage against Israel as two weeks of violence continued. So, as Yishai Fleischer said to me, we have a fight, we have a war, but we have a defiant people. Stay strong, our brothers and sisters in Israel. Erev Shabbos morning, this is... A uh, Friday broadcast of JM in the AM with the Chevra JM in the AM.
אדיר 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 הוא אדיר 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 הוא יבנה ואיתו מהרה 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 בקרוב J.M. in the A.M. It's Kolachai Bikarov is the name of that one here at J.M. in the A.M. Ah, that's the title track to one of their great albums from years ago. Wouldn't mind a uh, Kolachai reunion, you know? Wouldn't mind it at all. Uh, before that, the great Rav Shlomo Kalbach, Lamana Chai Thinking of our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, that song came to mind, as did the one from the Chevra, Lamana Chai of the Chevra, volume number three, beautiful selection. Friday morning, J.M. and the A.M. on this era of Shabbos Parshas, Noach. Thinking of our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, and thanking those from the Holy Land who are tuned in and listening to us. A couple of minutes, actually ten minutes from now, Malcolm Holmline scheduled for the uh, weekly update. I'll be asking him questions. He'll be giving us answers. He is the executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, Malcolm Holmline. Scheduled to join us 10 minutes from now here at JM in the AM. I want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com. Those of you who have not checked them out recently, do yourselves a favor and check them out. <laughs> uh, Only Simchas um, built its reputation, rightfully so, on Simchas. Thank God. Engagements, weddings, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, births, brisson, birthdays, everything you can imagine. Um, but then they went ahead and uh, created a news feed that has been amazing. And I am proud to say that a lot of our material makes it into that news feed each day. It's informative, it's inspiring, it's a lot of funny stuff, a lot of good things from around the Jewish world. Yesterday I had the opportunity to welcome uh, Lord Rabbi Sachs to JM in the AM via telephone to discuss his brand new book. That's up there as part of the only Simcha's recommendations, and I thank them for that. And if you want to look at a... Um, a great video of volunteers who are barbecuing for the Jerusalem police and IDF. If you want to see some of the videos of what the Palestinian terrorists, what the enemy has done to Kever Yosef. If you want to see what the Indian Prime Minister did when he spoke to the Knesset, it's all up there at OnlySimplis.com. They have a really a lot of great material, and there's a lot more, not just that. So check it out and enjoy. Hey, a big shout-out going out to Kevin Conan and everybody at... Um, Edenwalk in Manhattan and Petopia, right across the street from B&H on the west side of Manhattan. They did a remarkable job for us a couple of nights back at the NSN staff get-together, and it's much appreciated, so I thank them. And uh, Kevin, of course, in his usual style, when we thanked him, uh, basically got a message back to us, you know, anything we could do, let us know. So it's much appreciated, and I thank you. Very, very much. More coming up at JM and the AM. Again, the weekly update is around the corner and plenty more. Uh, keep it here. These are the Maccabees.
It's Mordechai Ben David and company on Shabbos with the Werdigers here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Maccabees with Habate from the CD entitled Out of the Box here at JM in the AM. Weekly update coming up next. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend our incredible live stream at JMNAM.org and the NSN app to their thousands of readers around the world. If you want a chance to um, print out a lot of very timely and important articles before Shabbos. Visit their website, uh, jewishworldview.com, and you'll get a comprehensive look at some of the things that are happening in this amazing world of ours. Yeah. Sometimes I say crazy world of ours, but in this t- case, I'm going to say amazing world of ours. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, Parsha's Noach, with candlelighting time at 5.55. Again, that's 5.55 for candlelighting time. Uh, we're getting earlier and earlier, so make sure you uh, arrange your Friday accordingly. <laughs> Don't just assume you got plenty of time, because uh, now we know that soon enough we're not going to have any plenty of time over the next few weeks, that's for sure. I uh, wanted to remind everybody, before I introduce um, uh, Malcolm and start the uh, questions of the weekly update, wanted to remind everybody that in Queens, this coming Sunday at noon, at 68-68 Main Street, that's noon this coming Sunday, there'll be a rally to denounce terror attacks in Israel. And everyone is encouraged to be there. On an even larger scale, this coming Sunday at 5 p.m., under the jurisdiction of many wonderful organizations, in Times Square, New York. That's right, Times Square itself. Just look for the Israeli flags and the signs that encourage no terror and that um, and that uh, proclaim slogans like uh, Jewish Lives Matter. Uh, look for those signs. Look for the Israeli flags. And look for the American flags. They'll be flying high in Times Square this coming Sunday at 5 p.m. Join a demonstration against the terror attacks in Israel. And um, that is just one of the many things that we can do in this climate of what is happening in the Holy Land. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us for the weekly update. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. 
shame we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, nothing to talk about is right. You know, it's interesting, and it's funny how the latest news usually ends up guiding us in terms of starting this conversation. Uh, we, we, we just heard about this attack in Kiryat Arba. I mentioned it a few minutes ago. Uh, a Palestinian disguised as a photojournalist, and this is overstating the obvious, but I'd like to get your reaction to this in terms of the challenge that Israeli security has at this time and that our brothers and sisters in Israel have at this time. Y- you never know who's who anymore. Uh, dressed up as journalists, God forbid they could be dressed up as IDF soldiers, they could be dressed up as Orthodox Jews who you never suspect are standing next to you ready to, God forbid, stab you or, or, you know, murder you in some other way. Uh, it might be overstating the obvious, but this is just one of the challenges that Israeli security and our brothers and sisters are going through at this time. Absolutely, and it's one of the things that makes this different. Uh, we talked about it uh, last week also, that the, the nature of this uh, conflict, uh, the violence that Israel is experiencing is different in that it's not centrally organized. You don't have a central target. You, you can't pick up intelligence in the same way as you might when it is an organized effort uh, with messages and, and uh, orders being given from different uh, leaders or from the central headquarters. Here you, you have it popping up uh, spontaneously for the most part, inspired by incitement and lies and distortions, whether about the, the events on the Temple Mount, which are complete lies, started by Abbas himself, even at the United Nations, and continuing even until the last 24 hours when he held up that picture of a Palestinian youth that he said to the world was killed. And said, yeah, executed, right. Uh, of executing right. Uh, him, when in fact he's in a hospital being treated and acknowledged that he was uh, out to kill Jews, and there are pictures of, of the, quote, Palestinian youth, with, and you could see the knives in their hands as they went out to, um, to carry out these attacks. So that's one, is that, the, that when you have the Internet, which can be a blessing but also a curse, serving as the vehicle for incitement, for instruction. Uh, I saw one site which said, shows how to stab in different places to cause greater damage and lesser damage. The... Uh, second, you have the international community's reaction, which only inspires them more because the blame on Israel, for one, about violating the holy place, even the State Department uh, spokesperson Kirby seemed to link it to the change in the status quo when everybody can acknowledges that there is no change. And then, of course, they backed off and they issued a clarification saying he didn't suggest, mean to suggest that there was uh, a change at the status quo on the, the Temple Mount, by the status quo meaning that the Muslims have rights and the Jews have much more limited rights yeah. uh, there. Then uh, linkages to the building of settlements that Secretary Kerry, I mean, just uh, really ridiculous, and then later saying that they, they keep retracting it. The problem is that once you put it out and, and the Palestinians see that they're right. gaining... And those linkages, by the way, equal justification. Don't forget. I mean, not that you would forget, but you always remind us of that. The linkages you know, usually are perceived, if not being stated, as justification for the cause. That's precisely the point. Exactly. And, that it, it, and when they feel that they're winning the public relations battle, that is an added uh, incentive. Remember that Abbas timed this for the UN General Assembly session, and the danger is that he, for him, is that he can lose control of this, that he could be the victim. But Hamas, it can feed, you know, uh, it's a genie that you might not be able to put back in the bottle when the Bar Association 
of the PA uh, day before yesterday honored somebody who had just killed two Israelis, a lawyer who had killed two Israelis in uh, in Jerusalem. Right. Uh, but, but Malcolm, I'm sorry for interrupting, but you just said he timed it for the UN General Assembly, and then earlier you said that, that these messages and orders are being given, or, or messages and orders are not being given. It's not a coordinated effort like that. A- at what point do we decide or figure out that, in fact, there really is an organized effort coming from the top? Well, there's a difference. I'm, I'm talking about the, the comments that he made and the assertions he and others then picked up about Al-Aqsa's under siege, rallied to the defense of Al-Aqsa, which is, the, of course, the mosque on the top of the Temple Mount. Um, th- that was the work of, Assad, of Abbas. Abbas did not then give orders or have has an infrastructure of unleashing terror. What he does is he incites and then you have imams, you have the Palestinian media, others who pick up these themes. And essentially, I think that they largely lose control of after that point. And as opposed to the intifadas, when you had very broad spread uh, involvement here, the involvement is, in fact, quite limited. It's a very small percentage of people, and and it's happening in one incident in in, Israel. in Ranana, then you can have another incident in Beersheba, and another incident somewhere in the north. It isn't like then when you had a popular uprising, and one could say was organized, and you, could, you knew that were, who the leaders were and, and how people were involved in it. Clearly, Hamas is, is uh, playing a role in it now, and the the um, the nature of this though is, is different, and it's why the failure to condemn clearly is. Uh, is an additional provocation and incitement to people. And when they see Israel getting blamed, when the media constantly and, and Western officials, including sometimes American officials in this week, in, in inexplicable statements and of which, which they backed off on, and yesterday there were much stronger statements of condemnation, um, this, this is a component of it. We can't, you can't separate it, and especially now the role of social media, which did not exist. Most of those who are right, but you know, we're not in, we're not alive at the time. Correct, but even pre-social media, you could tell us historically that incitement really worked well through those avenues as well. Yes, but, but uh, the people who are involved today were not alive then. Most right. of them are younger than, uh, are are too young to have lived through the intifada. No, I understand. I'm just trying to make the point that they really did well with incitement even back then. Today, you're right; it's faster, obviously, and. And you know, and uh, you know, they can get the word out much quicker because of social media. But I don't want to blame social media for for this escalation. We need to know who to blame, and and of course, that's the leadership. That's you know, it's a tool. It's not the right. source. Right. It's a tool, but it right. it is a game changer. Right. When you when you think about it, because these these people and they call them lone wolf, they call them other things, but they're united by one thing. They were all raised in the culture of hate. Right. They were brought up to hate Jews. And to, to revere terrorists, as, as has been said, they are, are fed a steady diet of animosity in their schools and all sorts of uh, media and medium like the, like the mosque, like the Palestinian television, the statements of their leaders. And through the years of exposure to this, they have become radicalized, not because they're necessary members of a group in this case. That's the point. And, and right. frankly, they deserve a better leadership. And then the leadership who always get a buy because Abbas is better than the alternatives and all right. the other lines that we have heard all along. And it's not necessarily always true that he's better than the alternative. Right. The, the pressure, though, not being brought to bear on him, 
gives them license to continue. They don't condemn the acts. Today they condemned the attack on Kevriose because the reaction in the world was obviously, you know, uh, one of shock to, to what happened, even though it's happened, uh, yeah, it's happened before. several times before. All right, so the U.S. comment about excessive force, uh, Kerry's justifying the actions with the whole settlement thing. You're saying that those statements from the U.S. are stepping back a bit. They are they are trying to cover over some of those uh, in the latter part of the week. And the UN, where is where are those statements of condemnation? Well, the secretary, the statement attributed to the spokesman for the secretary general wasn't his comment uh, by itself. Was uh, again simply outrageous, and we've been in touch with them, and they they did issue subsequent statements about uh, the violence against Israelis. But you know the climate there, and we know what the realities are. So no. that to me is less significant than what American and British and French and other officials. Uh, from the Western countries say, uh, because these are the allies of Israel, these are countries with whom the relationship is obviously very critical, and the Secretary will be going probably to the, to the Middle East to, to uh, get involved in the situation. Um, and we, the real test, though, there's, there's one target, and that's see if Abbas is serious about clamping down, using the capacities that he has, because when he wants to calm the streets, he can yeah. By the way, you alluded to this earlier. The government of Israel has really gone out of its way to emphasize that, th- that there's been no change in the status quo in the Temple Mount, that Christians and Jews are not allowed to pray there, that only Muslims may, and that that uh, Christians and Jews can only visit at specific times and not at Muslim holidays, and that they're not allowed to enter the mosque, etc. But somebody who's really close to the situation uh, sent me an email and said this is completely false because the status quo on the Temple Mount really has changed. The status quo was that Jews who are allowed free access to visit may not pray, but they could visit freely. And over the past six months, religious-looking Jews have been discriminated against, made to wait hours in the hot sun, often turned away without ever being allowed in. When they are, it's only in a very small group of less than ten, and the next group can't enter until the first one leaves. And once they're there, and we've seen the videos, Malcolm, they're constantly attacked mostly verbally, but sometimes even physically. So, yes, the government of Israel, you'd have to admit, has changed the status quo in the Temple Mount. Yes, I alluded to that. Yes, uh, just emphasizing your point, correct. And, by the way, Christians are not allowed to pray up there. And if you look at what Abbas said, he didn't just say that the Temple Mount is ours, that there never were temples. He also said that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is ours, meaning his. Hmm, and well. the, the, He's like the New York Times. He tosses all those historical questions out there. But but, he, he, but it's a reputation of Christianity, not just of Judaism. Right. It's, you know, cutting off our ties to the land is a political move. In this case, you know, he he who always claims to be a defender of Christian rights, even though uh, uh, he has been a violator of that uh, of their rights, uh, is here now asserting the same kind of of historical denial and. Of course, the New York Times story was a simple outrage. Well, that was insane. All right, um, uh, here's the uh, here's the big question. Of course, <laughs> let me put it this way: I don't want to call it a big question and call too much attention to it because, after all, you have to go to shul tomorrow, and I don't want you to have any trouble from anybody. So I'll say it very quietly: it, it must frustrate you when religious leaders in our community try to tie this violence to what's happening on Harabayat. That must be very frustrating to you. It, 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 you know that there's sometimes that uh, we have to remember the adage, that wise people are careful with their words, and not because they mean bad, but but because you know when you look at cause and effect, 
you have to be very careful in making such judgments. Yeah, no question about it. And today, those comments go viral. Maybe some of the rabbis don't realize that the, basically the entire world hears those comments almost the moment they're said. Um, all right, what, what what's going to happen now? What is uh, you know? It's funny. Be, it, it is frustrating because it seems to me that if you would bring this situation, what's happening in the major cities in Israel and other areas, to, let's say, I don't know, a leader of the NYPD. Let's say people from Israel, authorities met with Bill Bratton and said, here's our situation. People are randomly being stabbed in the street. I have a feeling he'd have a solution, that if this was happening in New York, the NYPD under his leadership would know how to handle it, how much how much um, disproportionate manpower it might take to go ahead and quell the problem. Uh, with that in mind, that there are solutions that exist, what is the government of Israel going to do at this point? Is there going to be a point very soon where people are going to feel they can walk the streets safely? I think people are back in, in the streets and, and in shops. Uh, the reports I got during the night, I spoke to people in Tel Aviv and Yushalayim early in the morning and during the night, and they uh, indicated to me that uh, things are beginning to turn around, and uh, Mickey Rosenfeld, the chief inspector, uh, confirmed that it's not back to where it was, and it's not that at night people uh, chill and go out to, to alone, but it's slowly coming back, uh, and the, uh, the fact is that we do consult with uh, law enforcement officials in other places, but you see in Europe there's no control over the violence that is being perpetrated by the new immigrants, by, you know, Islamist-inspired uh, youth who have carried out all sorts of attacks. Remember Toulouse, remember all these other cases. I mean, there are thousands of them each year in, in Europe, but they don't get the same notice, and it's not, you know, they're not held to account when they respond to terrorist attacks. Right, but when it's, when it's an epidemic in the span of days, one would think the crackdown would be a little different. But look at now, they, they brought in thousands of soldiers who are stationed in all over, around Yerushalayim, the entrances, there are metal detectors, there are other steps that are taken. But I think the, the, the reason I started off in talking about the spontaneous nature and the difference between this and past efforts is that it's very hard to trace it. Israel has very good intelligence. I could tell you just how many cases were, were caught of a police dog that detected one of, of uh, really miraculous sometimes uh, discoveries of plotted attacks. Um, a woman who was at a, had turned out gas canisters at a checkpoint that they just noticed was something suspicious. All of this just so overnight that the, there are many, many uh, that are detected and they're being caught. And the truth is that cooperation with the Palestinian Authority police continues, that they are helpful. They made a series of arrests. Uh, overnight of Hamas people who they claim were about to carry out stabbings. So there are limited capacities when people just want to rise up, when when you're going to have violence like this, like riots in in cities, so that that can pop up anywhere at any time. You can't have enough manpower to, to station people everywhere, in every block, in every corner, at every institution where something could happen. Mm. It's not physically possible. The head of uh, the Sécurité in France told me about the, the uh, foreign fighters, that it takes 10 uh, policemen to monitor each one. There are 1,500. He said, I don't have 15,000 people to assign to that. 
and therefore it's it's you know the things that might look obvious to us when you look at the situation on the ground is very different yeah well that's for sure it's america's one and only jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored wfmu east orange wmfu mount hope Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. I spoke with Ishai Fleischer off the air about an hour ago. He said that people are walking around Jerusalem with defiance, uh, with a positive attitude and with defiance. I thought it was an interesting choice of words. I think that's right, you know, because you would think people would be afraid and they're saying, Dafka, they're not going to give uh, give in to this. They're not going to turn this, you know, the streets be empty. And that's why people, we have to go visit. Tourists should not cancel trips. People going on business for their family visits or anything else should not cancel. It's very important. Listen, it's not just Israel today. You know, now Russia has come under threat. Al-Qaeda said we're going to attack Russia in, in its own ground. We're going to kill one for one for anybody they kill. That the... the um, uh, they, they plan to blow up the uh, Russian embassy in, in Syria. They have shot mortars. So you have the Free Syrian Army attacking them. You have al-Qaeda attacking them. You have al-Nusra attacking them. Everybody comes uh, under fire these days, and even a great power doesn't have the capacity uh, to do it. So people, by their actions and by sustaining investment, by making sure that the efforts are made to increase tourism, and we're working on various ideas with them, to, with the government and, and uh, the industry to make sure, because the, the impact isn't felt now. Yeah. People would book this weekend. Correct. Most hotels are full. It's Correct. What they plan for Hanukkah. Yeah. No quest for the year end, for winter vacation, etc. And by the way, I made this point earlier in the week, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm not uh, trying to toss anybody into a dangerous situation, God forbid. But it, it is much easier for us as tourists to control our schedule and to make adjustments than for the regular person who needs, you know, who needs to adhere to their regular daily schedule, you know, to go on the bus and walk here and walk there in Israel. So as as, as much as we encourage common sense and do what you need to do, safety and security, etc., we do have to remember that. For us, as tourists, it's usually easier to deal with these issues. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I just want to point that out, and I'm sure you know what I mean. Also, I must point out, and I, to me, this is as important as all the news that we cover in this conversation. If I change the language of your statement, Malcolm, it's only because I don't want to ruffle some feathers out there. I want everyone to stay unified. I'm not in any way um, uh, criticizing the way you released this. thought it was a great thing. Today... Through um, through tomorrow, this Shabbos, uh, you have gathered commitments from rabbis and leaders of religious Jewish movements from across the board under the umbrella of the Conference of Presidents and many other organizations as well who have joined on. And I wish some of the organizations that did not join on, in fact, would have. Uh, it is uh, it is a declaration of a Sabbath of solidarity, a solidarity Shabbos with Israel. We saw this on Wednesday after it was released, and I've been encouraging our listeners and the leadership in our community, synagogue presidents, rabbis, etc. No matter where they are along the religious spectrum, and no matter where they are along the political spectrum, to spend a few minutes this Shabbat, to spend a few minutes this Shabbos, anywhere from their congregation to their shtibel, making sure to keep our brothers and sisters in Israel in mind, I commend you for being able to put this together. It must have been a painstaking process knowing the Jewish people. So I thank you for it. So, 
first of all, thank you, and I know you did mention it, but I will tell you, it was painless. It was done in a matter of two hours. There was no organization that didn't agree to it. We did not go to every organization. We tried to start with these so that we would have a universal declaration. We are not mixing between streams. Every stream will interpret it in the way that they want. Correct. They Very smart. That they want. Right. But if we don't show that we can be unified at a time like this when Jewish blood is being shed, and and the point of this, which is part of, of many efforts, and you saw we put announcements out, we're, we're also working on ads that we placed in all the Israeli newspapers to say that we are united with them as well, that if we can't show at this time that we are united, and I'm telling you honestly, I wish I'd take more credit, as soon as we gave them the idea, as soon as we, we pursued it, Everybody fell in line, and they, they, people were looking for this kind of an opportunity to give expression. We have about a dozen different initiatives, including visits by high-profile people, including statements that you will see coming out with Congress coming back, including other measures that I don't want to talk about yet. But I will tell you that the response, Jews and non-Jews alike, has been immediate and, and very supportive. And this is, a, it, it, you know, people don't understand the significance, but it's been picked up all over Europe. It's been picked up in other parts of the world, and especially in Israel, which is the target. It's to let them know right. we're standing together with them. Look, I, the the fact that it's across the board religiously, and I would guess, based on the way you're talking, it's across the board politically as well, right, from left to right. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's remarkable. And, look, if you tell me that everybody who is approached is in, then I'm very glad to hear it, but... It, it seems that only certain organizations were highlighted because it seemed that others from certain um, backgrounds were not included. Maybe that was just a coincidence. If you're telling me that everybody who was approached is in, then that's wonderful news. So We only approach members of the conference, but I can tell you that other groups, the Good Call Thursday for a day of solidarity, you had a CFOT, the gatherings taking place Thursday night, Sunday night, let's say Shabbat, in Haredi parts of the community. Uh, so the response is, I think, across the board, but we approached only the members, uh, the member organizations of the conference. Yeah. And it, invited everybody else to join. And we can't go through all of modern Jewish history right now in this conversation, but in a lot of ways, th- th- there are eras, there are periods of time where this would not have happened, this type of cross-the-board support. And, th- and that, that's one of the reasons why I think you're so enthusiastic about it, because you know that it was not always like this. So. Right, and I would not have predicted that it would have gone as smoothly as, smoothly as it did. And, you know, there are always nuances about, you know, and some of the things that I say and others. Uh, but I, I find that people are much more understanding because they're all frustrated. They, they know how dangerous this is, and nobody has an easy solution. They all know that it has nothing to do with settlements, even those who are opposed to settlements. But I said that that's not the issue now. Right. This is clearly not related to any specific development of that kind. Uh, Sabbath of Solidarity, a Solidarity Shabbos, this Shabbos, everybody, please, rabbis, adjust your words, and synagogue presidents, everybody else who gets an opportunity to address the crowd, please keep in mind our brothers and sisters in Israel. Let me mention again, 5 o'clock Times Square on Sunday, another opportunity to uh, express ourselves and to gather together, just look for the Israeli flags in Times Square at 5 o'clock this coming Sunday. Uh, your reaction to the fact that, according to the President of the United States, the troops will not be home from Afghanistan uh, when he leaves office? It's not surprising. People who know the situation knew that uh, uh, it, it would lead to, uh, to a vacuum. They need these people for training. 
the situation there, as you know, is unstable. Taliban captured a, one of the regional capitals, and it's very active. And while the president cited this as a one of the foreign policy victories, uh, I think a year ago, September, uh, I think today he would he would not say so. And leaving the troops there, uh, something that, uh, that he criticized and others criticized. You know, this is a reality. The, what happens in Afghanistan obviously has broader ramifications. And uh, it's a question of, of also sending a message. And we are facing that challenge right now after Iran launched a ballistic missile. Mm-hmm. Complete violation of Security Council Resolution 2231. A violation, we believe, of the agreement. And says we're going to, we're not, Iran says openly, we're not going to honor the agreement, we're not going to abide by it. They, they are reading it. They believe that the West is so weak and that the reaction will be so timid that they can get away with it. They don't even wait till they got the money. They didn't wait uh, until the, the uh, modulus there it was, it was simultaneous with the vote, perhaps linked that they wanted to show that uh, they're not succumbing and, 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 uh, to the Western enticements, and, and uh, Khamenei says we're not going to have any talks. He banned any further uh, reaction. The French expressed great concern about the missile test. Of course, Israel did; others did. Um, but it's in, and this has uh, the ability to carry a significant payload that can be very dangerous—seven hundred fifty kilogram uh, payload. But more importantly, has more advanced guidance systems on it. And and you know the other countries in the region, Saudi Arabia, which is under siege from Iran, and how Iran has become so much more aggressive in every country in the region, against Bahrain, against in Syria, for supporting Hamas and Hezbollah, uh, with the Houthis, I mean, everything across the board. And their economy supposedly has not in- improved, yet they have all this money to allocate and to, and because of the Russian involvement, obviously, in Syria has bolstered their uh, their prospects for what they wanted, keeping uh, Assad in, in power, and the um, uh, you know this missile launch is really significant, and yet you see how much coverage did it get, how much attention is paid to paid to it, how much do we really look at what's happening with Russian flights? You know, they did 88 sorties in, in uh, well, I think it was on Wednesday, 33 on Thursday, of the scores yesterday at ISIS targets. You mean? At, well, some of them ISIS, a lot of it is rebel targets. Mm. And, uh, you know, the idea that foreign troops are being intruded, whether Iraqi and Cuban and certainly Russian, you saw that a key uh, Iranian general was killed there, two key uh, Hezbollah leaders, and not enough, but were, were killed. <laughs> and uh, and the open declarations of kill one for one, you know, in retaliation. It, it is just such a distortion of reality today that the, and, and an unwillingness to face What are really uh, challenges that could be so significant for long periods of time? But Israel gets bashed and gets gets becomes a focus of all of these statements, rather than standing up with a democratic ally and saying you have a right to defend yourself, which the United States says that each time that Israel Israelis have a right to defend themselves, etc. But the world doesn't really accord Israel that right. Did you and yet we're, we're turning a blind eye to people who are undermining the future of the region. Iran <laughs> challenging Saudi Arabia now. They're using the Hajj uh, incident where, you know, I don't know, a thousand people were killed, whatever, maybe instigated by Iran. And they're saying they don't have a right to, to control these. We should set up an international commission. 
and you know it's not beyond reason that that this will escalate the tension between Saudi Arabia and Iran that is now being played on in a proxy war in Yemen. Right. You made me laugh for a second because uh, you, you talk about the reaction of what Israel's doing as compared to the rest of the world. There's a, a there was a, an article this week which we pointed out earlier in the week um, that had a uh, the the uh, had, had the headline was it was an Isabel Kirshner article in the New York Times stabbings and deadly responses add to Israel's security challenge. But the subtitle of the article was. Critics argue that too tough a reaction only pours gasoline on the bonfire, inspiring more attacks and protests that sometimes escalate into deadly clashes. And this is the point I was trying to make earlier in terms of how the NYPD might respond. This is absurdity that one thinks that too tough a reaction is, is the wrong way to deal with the situation. Well, you have, uh, you know, funerals become the focal point for escalating violence and, you know, rage and, and, uh, wild protests. That's why Israel does not release the bodies now of the killers, which is a smart move. It got some protests in Western countries were oh, outraged that they wouldn't return the bodies. But when you know that that's only going to lead to more violence, and sometimes, you know, when when uh, terrorists are killed, their bodies are returned at night, and the funeral has to pay, take place at night, so that you don't become a, it doesn't become a rallying point during the day. But look at. The families, the, the sites of, of Palestinians and others who were killed, uh, they, they, they set up these tents, you know, and they have big celebrations, and they're honored, and they're, they're called martyrs, and they, they extol them, the Palestinian Authority, the Palestinian media, but the, the people, too, they, they, they extol them these as, as martyrs of the Palestinian people as if they died in some holy cause rather than people going out and committing yeah. wanton acts of, of violence. Sorry for bouncing around, but, then, but just back to the Afghanistan point for a minute. So, with the with the uh, rise of the Taliban or the continued growth and Al Qaeda and the uh, and obviously ISIS, etc., is it sort of like the United States just can't just can't afford to leave the neighborhood at this point? Is that is that essentially what it is? That it's not just the immediate Afghanistan Afghanistan situation. There's so much going on in that region that the U.S. would look weak to to leave at this point. The U.S., unfortunately, in the West looks weak because we're not engaged enough. You see that Putin is eating our lunch because he stepped in to avoid. We should have been doing more in, in Syria, and it doesn't mean boots on the ground, but it, there are many things that, that, um, that could be done. And now Putin comes in, and it may be a quagmire for him ultimately, but for now at least he is seen, and, and because of it, uh, drawing... Uh, closer alliances with, with countries both in the region and other places, say, look, this guy at least stands up for his friends, and this guy is willing to put uh, himself on the line for yeah. it, whereas they see that the West has, has stepped back from uh, a lot of these commitments, and we're just supporting other groups who are often turning out to be, to be working against us. So the, the question of the United States is, as a superpower in the world has a responsibility and it doesn't mean that you commit troops. It doesn't mean that people will say now the war in Iraq was a mistake, but certainly that we're not tough enough on Iran is a mistake and will prove in the future it had been a bigger mistake. The, um, and the, the situation on the ground that countries uh, like uh, the UAE now is going to push for the right to enrich because they're saying, look, we see we're being left behind, that you're letting Iran is violating the agreement. They're moving ahead with enrichment. So they're not going to be left behind. Saudi Arabia won't be left behind. So mm. we're going to have the nuclear race that we were all afraid of happening now. But more importantly, on the, on the, the, the security front, why did...
Saudi Arabia have to attack the Houthis because nobody was doing anything about Yemen. And so they said, you know, we're just going to go in. They didn't do a good job. They weren't prepared properly, but they responded to it. And it's an issue, you know, we raised many times with the with our government, with other governments, and even the issue of foreign fighters. When there were three or four hundred, we raised it because people there in Syria opposition warned us about it. And you know, the West and America too have have allowed a vacuum to be created. And when we turned. Uh, our guns away from Syria after they used the chemical weapons. That was a big turning point. Never thought of that in terms of the importance of being engaged in important situations. Otherwise, someone else comes in and fills the void. Are there still Jews in Yemen? I've asked you this before. Are there still Jews in Yemen? A few. They could leave. They don't leave. Now they're being told to convert or leave by some of the, the by the Houthis whose, whose banners. So those reports are true. I, n- I never know what to believe when I see that's, these stories pop up. Um, people should be very careful what they respond to, react to, and the people who take credit for rescuing people do all sorts of things about the situation. There are people in touch with them. They could have left. They could leave, and they don't. It's their choice. But you know they can't just believe that at any time they could be rescued. Did it bother you that uh, foreign policy vis-a-vis Israel was not really a factor in the Democratic debate this week? That foreign policy period was not an right. issue, and uh, the only one who mentioned Israel was uh, was Webb, uh, and, and a passing reference, and a positive one, but a passing reference. Uh, was I surprised? Yes, I thought that the Middle East and foreign policy would play a role. It may be that they will do that at the second uh, debate. I think the first Republican debate also didn't. Yeah, focus true. on foreign policy, but it tells you where the American people are at, where, where their heads are at. Yeah. They're not focused on, on those issues. It's the economy, you know, it's the, these other issues that uh, that come up. Uh, but foreign policy, people should not think of this as being a peripheral or, a, you know, a secondary issue. It, it's a core issue today. It's about our security. It's about the, where the world is headed. And... Yeah, I was surprised. But they weren't asked questions about it. Right. Yeah. They didn't do it. it All right. Well, it wasn't a factor. It was not a part of the whole game. Um, the, the, people are reacting, some might say overreacting, to what seems to be a policy that if a terrorist is in a life-threatening situation, and there are others who might be of Jewish background who are not, that often paramedics and maybe hospital medical personnel will treat the terrorists first. Is there a good answer to this quandary when the when when a variety of people are in a hospital in desperate medical situations? Well, right now there's an investigation about the clinic, an Arab clinic in, in Jerusalem, which it seems did not treat the Jewish victims, but treated the uh, perpetrators, and the victims died because of it. That's an investigation that's going on. I don't know. I'm not asserting that it's true. I'm saying this is what the accusation is. Look, triage is always a problem in in situations like this, and you, all human life counts. But I think that when it comes to a choice between uh, a terrorist treating a terrorist and treating someone else, if if the, their wounds are not life threatening, then I guess you have an obligation. But it's a decision you make on the spot. Uh, there was discussion about the trip that Mayor de Blasio of New York is taking to Israel and who he is and is not meeting with there. Were you consulted at all on that in terms of who he should or should not meet with? No, he did not ask me who he should and shouldn't meet with, but he is not meeting with Palestinian officials, as some have asserted. He is meeting with children in a mixed uh, Jewish-Arab school, 
which I think is a smart uh, alternative. Understood. And um, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to see any of these. I hope you have. Uh, one of the benefits of social media and all these videos that uh, proliferate uh, all over the Internet um, is that, well, number one, I guess some might call this a benefit. We get to see the news as it happens. I mean, in some cases, it was really brutal and grueling uh, to watch our brothers and sisters uh, get stabbed and uh, be rammed into at bus stops uh, during, those videos, during those videos this week. But I'm referring to the other videos, the ones uh, taken outside of Tachana Merkazit, the central bus station, where within an hour after the stabbing of a 70-year-old woman by the enemy, uh, young people and older people broke into uh, Hatikva and Am Yisrael Chai and Al-Tira, and then buses that are breaking out in spontaneous song of Am Yisrael Chai. I hope you've had an opportunity to see those, and I hope you were reminded about how different the Jewish people can be and in many cases are. Absolutely. I think it's, it's the, the resilience of the Israeli people, it, it's unprecedented, it's unparalleled. And it shows that the, the commitment and that the people who say the Zionist spirit is dead, the commitment to Israel, it isn't true. And you see it in young people who volunteer in overwhelming numbers, including religious young people, for the most dangerous assignments in the Israeli army, many more than they can take, that the, uh, the people of Israel is in Netzach Israel. And you see that, that, uh, uh, that these demonstrations are of the spirit of the w- willingness to overcome and not to succumb. I'm not saying they're not afraid. Israelis are, were afraid. People didn't go out, and that was the right thing to do. Right. They, they, you know, they didn't challenge things to, to go out with bravado and, and tempt uh, fate. But I think you're absolutely right. People shouldn't just look at the stabbings. They should look at some of these videos, too. Pretty amazing. Uh, finally, there will not be a unity government, right? There's, uh, there was a proposal last week. Benjamin Netanyahu expressed publicly that he would want it, but it looks like it will not happen, correct? Right now, it doesn't look like it will happen, especially because the leader of the opposition is in America right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's probably not going to negotiate from here. But the uh, no, that, I don't think uh, that that is... It doesn't appear to be in the offing. And right now, when he's under political pressure, they won't throw him a, a lifeline. Um, but I, I do think, by the way, that, the, that Mr. Ertag has been responsible, uh, has been a responsible leader. He has, uh, you know, supported the government, whether it was on the Iran issue, and certainly now. Uh, they can be critical of, of uh, what steps were taken, but, the, but generally the, the people of Israel are united. And remember, the, you know, they face an enemy. The, the, the polls that show that 60% of Palestinians say the goal in five years is to eliminate the Jewish state. We see the attempts, you know, that they buy into the lies about the, the existence of the temples and that then supported by the New York Times and NPR and, and others who, whose coverage is so beyond outrage. Yeah. It, it's almost incomprehensible to, to see this. And, you know, Martin, uh, Mark Twain once said, if you don't read a newspaper, you're ill-informed. If you read one, you're misinformed. <laughs> it has never been more true than today. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, a Sabbath of solidarity, a solidarity Shabbos, as coordinated by the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations. Kol HaKavot, everybody across the board, religiously and politically, who are ready to keep in mind and be inspired by our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land this coming Shabbos. Malcolm, we thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. Good Shabbos, and people, to keep up to date, should read dailyalert.org in addition to the uh, Jewish World Review uh, websites. People have to stay on top of the information because there's so much misinformation 
and and uh, there are details that are really important in this that that people should stay on top of it. Now. No question. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. There he is, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Weekly update Friday, 740 here at JM in the AM. Don't forget, if you missed any of our conversation this morning, in minutes from now, in minutes from now, you'll be able to access the archive on the NSN app in the archive section of the weekly update section of the NSN Nahum Segal Network app. You'll have that within minutes. Um, please make sure to stay informed and listen to the entire conversation that we just conducted here this week during the weekly update. Reminder that Matis, speaking of timely, Matis this coming Sunday right here on jmnam.org and on the NSN app speaks with uh, Herschel Harry Moskoff, author and temple treasures expert. He'll discuss the historical claim to the Temple Mound very timely live this coming Sunday. JM Sunday starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Rabbi Yudin is about to be introduced. I remind you that Rabbi Benjamin Yudin has a book entitled Rabbi Benjamin Yudin on the Parsha. Tomorrow we have the privilege. It's a Feldheim distribution, Mosaic Press release, and everyone is invited to uh, purchase this book. It is an amazing uh, look at every Parsha um, of the Torah, and it will enhance your Friday night and Shabbat. Rabbi Benjamin Yudin on the Parsha. Speaking of Rabbi Yudin, this time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Noach. Parshas Noach takes us on another thousand years. We go from Noach till Avraham. And I believe we have to ask ourselves a very basic question. The Torah is our constitution. Why then does it not begin with next week's parsha of Lech Lecha, with Avraham, who as we know is the first Jew, father of the Jewish people. Why are we given in last week's parsha and Bereshis, and in this week's parsha of Noah, world history? And the Sapurno, in his introduction to his parish, basically explains the following very insightful idea, that the original plan of God was that all of mankind could, should have a relationship with God as depicted by the first couple being in Gan Eden and they were put there, Le'avda Ulishamra, to work it, to guard it, which is not only understood by our rabbis in a physical sense, but as the Ramban teaches in a spiritual sense as well, that man was to have a spiritual relationship with Hashem, with God. And the term man included all man. This was to be universal. What happened, unfortunately, Adam and Chava sin. And you will note that with each sin and its uh, resultant punishment, there's also a greater distancing 
between the natural relationship between man and the earth about him. And so, when Adam and Chava are expelled from Gan Eden, now, Unlike before, now he has to work hard in order to exact his bread. And the Torah continues to teach us from the end of last week's parsha, culminating in the beginning of this week's parsha of Noah with what you can call the second major sin, that of the Dor Hamabul, a once again a Uridas Adoros, a uh, deterioration in a spiritual sense of man, a deterioration in every which way. The land was full of chamas, the land was full of violence, and finally God says, I have to destroy this civilization. And we know that he attempts to build and have a relationship again with Noah and his children. Within Noah and his children, there is shame, the more outstanding of the three, until we come to, unfortunately, the third sad story, that of the Dor Haflaga, that of the generation that was dispersed. The idea, as the Torah tells us, they were all of one language and one idea. They were all focusing on idolatry. And as the Eben Ezra says, in such an environment, there would be no room for an Avraham Avinu, and therefore God has to disperse them to literally uh, confound their languages, so they will begin to think for themselves, and therefore the opportunity for an Avram Avinu to appear on the surface. And so we are to look, the Torah teaches us, at the end of the Torah, in Parshas, Ha'azinu, Zachor Yemos Olam. Binu Shnos Dor Vador. In the seventh Pasuk of Ha'azinu, remember the days of old. Understand the years of generation after generation. Study history, because the Torah tells us there's so much that you can learn therefrom. I'd like to just repeat what we said a moment ago based upon this introduction of the Sopurno and just take it from a little bit of a different perspective, a different angle. And that is as follows. The Torah tells us in chapter 2 that when God created man, he did so by forming the body and Vayipach the Apov Nishmas Chaim. In chapter 2, verse 7, very, very important, God literally blows into his nostril the soul of life. Vahiyo Adam Chaya. A man became a living being. 
And this is translated by the Unculus, by the Aramaic translation, as a Ruach Mimalala, a speaking being. The crown glory of man is his ability to speak. It shows the greatness of man over the animals. And this represents the apex of man. And what do we find, unfortunately, that as there is this Eurydas Hadoros, as there is this degeneration of and the falling of the generations, so too comes the profaning of this divine gift of speech. Interestingly, the Talmud tells us at the beginning of the fourth chapter of Bava in the first Mishnah, in the Perak Hazav, that if a Jew does not keep his word, he goes back on his word in business, such a person is given a curse by the court, and this curse is called a Mishapura. Literally, the one who exacted punishment. And the text of this curse reads, Mishapura me anshedora mabul umidora flaga. Literally, the one who exacted retribution from the people of the generation of the flood and from the generation of the dispersion, who usedly pura, he will ultimately exact retribution. Mimi from the person Cheino Ome Bidiburo who does not abide by his word. With all of the transgressions, and we know that there were many, there was great immorality at the time of the flood. But we see from here as well that man lost his appreciation for the sanctity of speech. And that which literally elevated him from above the animal species, now, unfortunately, there was no difference between man and the animals. And this was true regarding the time of the flood. And once again, the Torah introduces the generation that was dispersed by, in the beginning of chapter 11, the Torah says, The earth was of one language and of common purpose. And God had to disperse the persons, the entire people of the world. And the Torah tells us that Shom Bolal Hashem Sfas Kol Ha'aretz. And it was there that Hashem confused the language of the whole earth. The interesting point that emerges therefrom is Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh, was the language of the day until they profaned it and all the other language 
came into being. I believe that there is a very significant and important lesson for each and every one of us, especially in this very challenging time that we are living in together with Eris Yisrael. This most recent outbreak of violence, which unfortunately lurks behind doorways and no longer allows Achenu Bnei Yisrael, living in Eretz Yisrael, to leave their homes in peace, with peace of mind. And this great nervousness and tension, which has unfortunately engulfed the land, it calls upon each and every one of us to do what we can. Needless to say, we can't go necessarily and provide the physical protection for the people. But there is something that each and every one of us can do and must really take upon themselves, I believe, to do. And that is as follows. To perfect our koach our speech. I'd like to simply point out that in the weekday Shemona Esrei, which consists of 19 blessings, I'd like you to note how significantly there are six, seven blessings that speak to our present day situation. And if only we were to pause in our Shemona Esrei and stop and reflect and put in the exact thoughts and words how we are praying and connecting with our brethren, our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. And so if you look at the seventh bracha of the Shemona Esrei, that is the bracha of Geula, the bracha of redemption. And we are asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to please redeem us, our understanding and our recognition that it's not simply in Anuli Sho'ein, Ela, Ela Vinu that as a last resort, we have nobody else to help us but you. But it's the clear understanding that ultimately you are the one who has protected us throughout the years. You are the one that we understand, that we as a people, we exist as one sheep surrounded by the 70 others that want to devour us, by the 70 wolves. And it's only your protection that has maintained us all the years, as we say in our Shemona Esrei, Every day, al nisecha shebecho Literally, your miracles that are with us every day. And we don't forget this for a single moment. Our history and our present state of Israel bespeaks every moment 
God as Shomer Yisrael, the guardian of Israel. And that's what we are asking in this blessing. It's not a blessing which has gathered dust and doesn't relate to us, but one that basically says, Hashem, we need, as we have, had your help all along, we need your help, especially now. We continue to the eighth blessing of Refuah, where we're not just asking for health and healing in the abstract, but pause and say literally for those wounded, for the families, for the injured, physically and emotionally, we are asking for God's intervention. We go to the 11th bracha, which is that of Din, the restoration of justice, where we're calling for not only Hashem, please restore our leaders, our prophets, but give us law and order in our land. We can't do it alone. We need your help. The bracha of Yushalayim Ircha Barachamim Toshov, the 14th bracha, literally of rebuilding Jerusalem. The Gemara says in Ta'anis 5a, what a powerful piece of Talmud. Says Rabbi Yochanan, Amar HaKadosh Baruch this is six, seven lines from the bottom. Lo avo Yerushalayim Shomala, God God has said, I will not enter the Jerusalem on high. Listen carefully. Until I first enter the Jerusalem of earth. The idea is that God has accepted upon himself an exile. Imo Anochi Bitsara. He is with us in our pain and in our sufferings. And therefore, we're praying not just for ourselves that we should please God come back to Yerushalayim Ircha, the Jerusalem, the city that reflects your values that respects your that reflects your honor, but we're praying for the ultimate Yerushalayim here, down here on earth, upstairs in His abode, that He too should have nachas from us and from Yerushalayim. Again, showing that this bracha is so relevant. To us, when you say the Shemona Esrei, don't just zip through it. Stop and ask yourself what you're saying and how significant it is for our very present, challenging, dangerous situation of today. The next bracha is Malchus Beis David to Literally, we welcome and yearn and pine for the Moshiach. And again, because at that time, there's going to be a very clear putting into perspective. For at that time, Hashem Lemelech Al-Kol God is going to reign literally over the entire world, and the prophets have promised us this. And therefore, we know what we are looking forward to. It's going to happen. The only question is when. And Shmakolenu, the repository for all prayer. That's the opportunity to pour your health and say, Gnug, enough of this gullus. We've suffered so much. And finally, the very last bracha, Sim Shalom. 
we ask God to place peace. I can only tell you we're all familiar with Shomer Yisrael. We resumed starting yesterday the restoration of the prayer of Tachanun, in which we recite Shomer Yisrael, that he is the guardian of Israel. It's a two-way street. We are to guard his Torah, and he guards the Jewish people. Rab Cheskel Abramsky, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, suggested, ay, ay, ay. too often the Jew wants just the opposite. We want to protect Klal Yisrael. Give us the army, we'll protect ourselves, and you, God, you keep the Torah. My friends, doesn't work that way. Yes, we need Sahal, and we have to support Sahal, the Jewish army, and we have to beef up security, but we have to realize the ultimate protector is God, who's done his job throughout Jewish history, and we have to be the Shomer Yisrael of his precious Torah. May we be privileged to Davin just a lot more slowly, especially these days, and that way each and every one of us will do theirs in helping to bring, we pray, Sim Shalom to our beloved Eretz Yisrael. Shabbat Shalom to all. Ich mir nur geil am Ufer 
from the Shabbos with Benny Friedman CD. Just got a great call from our friend uh, Marvin Rosenzweig. Dara Shulman and Sammy Rosenzweig are going to get married this coming Sunday. Mazal tov to the Shulman and Rosenzweig families, both of Hillside, New Jersey, and of course to the parents, to the grandparents, the extended Shulman and Rosenzweig families. We say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. That was a great call to get. Want to wish a Mazda Bar Mitzvah of Shmuel Zilberberg of Flatbush. And to Yechiel and Rifki Stern down in Lakewood, they had a brand new baby boy. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. That is wonderful news. Erev Shabbos Parsha's Noach with candle lighting at 5.55. Naomi Nachman is coming up next. Make sure you keep it on the NSN app and on jmtheam.org. And you can see all the action 
on uh, my website, on NahumSiegel.com. You can actually see Naomi's entire show. How do you like that? Uh, today, she speaks with Linda Reed, author of Which Fork Do I Use?, a book all about being the perfect host or hostess. And by phone, Linda Sedeka from uh, from uh, Moms on a Mitzvah, who's running a challah bake-off for the Shabbos Project in Brooklyn. Also in the studio, Mark Bodzin, who organized a kosher private run of Vermont cheddar cheese at Shelbourne Farms. She'll also speak with the head cheesemaker at Shelbourne, Kate Turcott, and New Jersey journalist Elizabeth Kratz, who brought all this to Naomi's attention. So Naomi Nachman with a very... As usual, exciting and comprehensive show, both audio and video, coming up next. NahumSiegel.com, JMNAM.org, and on the NSN app. And I want to thank all the people who have been commenting on the NSN app. My gosh, a lot of people commenting on the NSN app uh, today and yesterday, so a big thank you. Don't forget, Matis has JM Sunday with Herschel Harry Moskov, author and temple treasures expert, discussing the historical claim to the Temple Mount. Uh, JM Sunday between 7 and 9 this coming Sunday morning. Live on jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app as well. Make sure to tune into Matis for that. And we're back here on Monday morning as we continue. And anybody out there who is planning solidarity trips to Israel, let us know about them. Please email us, post them on our community calendar. Let us know about them. Any solidarity mission to Israel. Don't forget Times Square, 5 p.m. this coming Sunday for a mass rally supporting Israel. Come with positive messages and signs, please. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Noach, candle lighting is 5.55. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator, it's a very special sign will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. This is your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsor WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. From the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. And of course on the NSN app, you can catch Naomi's show next. Video at nachumsegel.com on the homepage. Audio, jmnam.org. The NSN app, of course. Uh, you can also hear the entire weekly update if you go to the archive section of the weekly update section of um, the NSN app as well. It's up there already. Uh, and don't forget, all day long, Kedem presents an incredible Erev Shabbos music mix. There is no better way to go into Shabbos than with the incredible Kedem Erev Shabbos music mix all the way until candlelighting time on our stream at jmnam.org and the NSN app. Do not forget to keep that on for your friends and family in your home and in your car all through the day. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Monday, we continue this incredible mission we call JM in the AM. Uh, make sure to be tuned in. Until then, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.